Good afternoon, folks. This is Rob McIntosh on Thursday, August 6th. Welcome to our second episode of the week of the Unsilent Majority Coaches Quips. It's Thursday, and we wanted to get our message out, and uh, we're still waiting for a response from our friend, Representative uh, Dan Ryan, and I got a lot of feedback on our last episode about the Black Lives Matter movement and how it was a shell game for the Democratic Party and uh, how they were basically receiving donations through Black Lives Matter, which is not advancing the actual movement of Black Lives Matter, and it's a shell game for the Democratic Party. And we come to find out that my former senator up in Massachusetts, my state senator, Sal Domenico, was also a recipient of Act Blue, which is a shell for the Democratic Party to give money to them through Black Lives Matter to Act Blue and all these candidates and uh, current seat holders of each position. You know, why it becomes an issue, folks, is we gotta we have to be completely honest. There's a certain way of life that we all want to live. There's a certain value system we all want to go by. You know, I and why I say that is we were I was asked or we here at the unsilent majority were asked, what is it you're trying to accomplish with this? What what is the point you're trying to make? Why are you ruffling feathers? Why are you trying to bring forth an issue with what people are doing as far, as far as how they're raising money and as far as, you know, their political agenda. Why are you doing this? And I have a very simple answer. I am a guy who is in his 50s, 50 actually, going to be 51 very soon, and pretty much lived the life that I have lived through hard work from a lot of people. Myself, my wife, my family, most importantly, my parents. And, you know, I've dated women here and there and their support, things like that. You know, two people, two women from Charlestown that were very good to me over the years. You know, uh, they, they remain good friends and they're good people. And... Why I mention that, and people don't care about my personal life, but why that comes into what's going on is because we all have a value system that we're raised with. We're, we all have a value system that is ingrained in us through our parents, through the community we live in, through our financial situation. And we all want what's best for and hope for more than our, for more for our children. Now, my ex-wife and I both had pretty good careers, and we worked hard to make sure that our daughter got the most of what she could out of what this country has to offer. And why I pinpoint these individuals, the state rep and the, the local state legislator, is because they grew up in the same type of situation I did. Their parents were middle of the road you know, Democratic, sometimes conservative-leaning Democratic people. And as I always state, with a little bit of, you know, empathy on social issues and things of that nature. Why these things become baffling to me, and I know I use that term a lot, is because what happens to you 
as an adult or through the maturation growing process, what happens to you that changes your value system? Now, both individuals that I mentioned on here that are taking money from Act Blue, I could sit here and name a whole bunch of people, all the candidates from the I shouldn't say all, that's a blanket statement. Quite a few Democratic candidates in Massachusetts and quite a few Democratic candidates and current seat holders are, are taking money from Act Blue on the Democratic side of things. I could, you know, pinpoint every name on there. And as I was reading through a lot of the people that were on there, and this is all going to connotate, so please understand and get my point. What happens to you that you get to the point of being a legislator and your world changes? Meaning, you start changing your value system to coordinate to people that don't want to work, don't want to contribute to society, don't want to make the decisions best for the whole in their own little world. Again, just like John Kennedy said, you know, President John Kennedy, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. What happened to those Democrats? What happened to those conservative Democrats? And I've said this before on the unsilent majority coaches quips. I've said that if John Kennedy was running for president today, he would absolutely positively be a Republican. His value system is laced with the Republican Party. Now, I look at the federal level and you got Vice President Joe Biden running for president against current sitting President Donald Trump. Vote for whoever you want. Uh, you know where I stand. You know who I support, why I support him. But why I ask this question and why I go all the way back to my roots and tell you a little bit of history about myself is, what is it the value system that a guy like Joe Biden is going to bring to the table? Or what are the Democrats going to bring to the table that the Republicans have not. Now, is it your complete disdain for a bully that's in the office right now? Or can you withstand the bully in the office right now and understand that the bully in the office is all about the country to which we live in and all of us at hand and not people outside of our country? Now, you may say that that's not right. We need to take care of our fellow man. And that's an opinion. And I... I can respect that. I don't necessarily agree with that. And I'll tell you why in a moment. To me, we are pushing forward an agenda, a left agenda in this country from the Democratic side, a left-leaning agenda, because we are afraid to take on the bully that ran for president and won fair and square. And I hate to use those you know, street terms, fair and square, he beat the candidate that everybody wanted, everybody thought was going to win, everybody was settled on winning, everybody was ready for her to step into office, that obviously Secretary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, everybody was ready for her to transfer of power from our first half-white president, Barack Obama. And all of these problems that are existing now with any movement, any social movement, 
whether it's Black Lives Matter or the LBGT community or gun rights or, you know, abortion or taxes, all these issues were there when Barack Obama was in office and have, have not gone by the wayside. They have not been settled. They have not been taken care of. They have not changed. In some cases, they have gotten worse. And, you know, I had a friend of mine just recently tell me that she was data-driven, and she she's not an American citizen or American resident for that matter. She's from Canada, and she she's data-driven. She works in the data field. And she said, you know, I don't understand your country. People are getting the data from all the fake news, as they would call it, the actual data on the unemployment rate, taxes, you know, the economy, uh, the unemployment rate for minorities, whether it's black, Asian, whatever the case may be. And the numbers are in favor of the current sitting president. And she, what she doesn't understand is how people are so caught up in his, the disdain or dislike for this man that they are willing to sacrifice the numbers that we have had up until this pandemic to get this man out of office. Now, to me... If there was a viable option or a Republican candidate that was a better, more diplomatic person, more central in their leanings, I think they'd have a very good chance at beating President Trump. Now, I've said before, and I will say again, President Trump was uh, is a bully. And we did not, as citizens of the United States, did not know how to handle him. So we allowed him to come in, run for president, and he shocked, shocked all of the candidates that he ran against and the people that were voting for the nominee of the Republican Party. So what happened was people got the chance to vote and said, we do not want another four, possibly eight more years of Barack Obama. <clears throat> a man that, in my opinion, was the worst president of my lifetime. Worse than Jimmy Carter. I think Jimmy Carter was a great man in a very bad time. That's just an opinion. So this man played on the emotions of the Midwest, the mountain areas, all that part of the country. And he did exactly what he needed to do to get elected. In the country could not accept it because of the fact that it was supposed to be almost an ordainment of Hillary Clinton to become the next president of the United States, the first female president. Now, that being said, we do not, as a country right now, I'm a registered Republican, if the Republican nominee we're not up to the standards to which I hold him personally, I would absolutely vote for the Democrat if the Democrat was of those standards that, to which I wanted. Now, it totally befuddles the mind that Joe Biden, who has been in politics in Washington, D.C. since the age of 29, and he's now 78, I believe, or 77, so just about 50 years in public life, and he has nothing to put forth as an accomplishment in his days 
in office in Washington. Now, I'm not saying he didn't do anything for the people of Delaware, who, to which he represented, but he has done nothing overall for the whole country. For example, Ted Kennedy, who the liberal lion of Massachusetts, not a fan of him, never was, never will be, not going to disparage a dead man, but, you know, it is what it is. As much as he was the liberal lion of the Senate, Ted Kennedy would sit down with the Republican president, whether it be Ronald Reagan, George Bush, George Bush II, or George Bush the son, we should say he's not the second, or, you know, Richard Nixon, whomever the president was at the time. And he was able to work across the aisle. And what he did for Massachusetts was beyond what a Republican could do because he had stature in the Senate and he was able to bring things back. And the point behind all this, folks, is what has Joe Biden done in 40-some-odd years? Ask yourself that. And he's going to sit in commercials, and I approve this message. And I, as I've said before, I'm waiting for Joe Biden to slip up on one of these takes. And, you know, it says, and I'm Joe Biden, I approve this message. He's so far out in left field, I'm waiting for him to say, I'm Joe Biden? Like, he's shocked who he is. I'm serious. Because right now, Joe Biden doesn't have the mental capacity to be president of the United States. And I think they want that. I think the Democrats want that. Because what's really behind the scenes, folks, is George Soros, Bill Gates, and they're pushing the agenda of the radical left and Bernie Sanders. That's what's really happening. And if you're blind to this and you don't see what's going on, and you, you can't see the forest for the trees, then I'm sorry, folks. You don't deserve to vote. You need to be informed. These are the people that are setting the agenda for this country. And if that's the way you want to go, I'm sorry. You know, check out Venezuela. Excuse me, I couldn't spit it out. Check out Venezuela and countries of that ilk. And, you know, check out what has happened to those places. Look it up. Go to a library. Look it up. Open a computer. Google it. Not that I'm a big fan of Google, but Google it. Firefox it. Whatever, you know, vehicle you use to get that information. They turn left and try to become socialist, and look what has gone on. You know, Joe Biden is going to allow that to happen for the simple fact that he is in over his head, and there is nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do. He can't stop the train, as I said the other day. That's when I get off and I look for alternatives. So I guess my question is this. What would Joe Biden, after almost 50 years of being down in Washington, D.C., what would he do differently than the current sitting president? Now, again, it's just an opinion. Again, I mentioned that most people think Donald Trump was a bully, and that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But Donald Trump has accomplished much more in four years than Joe Biden has accomplished in nearly half a century. So you have to ask yourselves, do you want to push forth a Bernie Sanders, a Bill Gates, a left-wing agenda, or would you rather give 
the sitting president the chance to bring this economy back and this country back to where it was before this pandemic. Again, I, I will tell you that he didn't handle everything perfectly, but I think the average person in this country, such as myself, is part of the silent majority, which we're trying to make the unsilent majority, and understand that this was beyond anybody's understanding and anybody's getting a hold of right away. Part of the reason things are the way they are is we as citizens haven't completely complied. Now, I have friends in, in a lot of places. I have a good friend of mine who lives in Canada, and their numbers in Canada are so low because you know they tend to be more of a, a more compliant people. Why that is, I don't know. I, you know, it's a different. Canada is a whole different world. It's they they're more about each other, and I know that's kind of a socialistic look at looks at look at things, look at things. But you know, capitalism is at its finest in Canada as well. So why can't we do that? Why can't we look out for each other within a capitalistic society? I don't know why we have to put socialist programs together to accomplish our goal as a country that has been for 200 and some odd years. So when you go to the poll, are you, go are you going to vote for Bernie Sanders, the left-wing agenda, George Soros, you know, the, the left-wing agenda that's going to tear us apart from within? Are you going to give the guy that's in there the chance to rebuild the country again? That's what you have to ask yourselves, because that's where we're at. And it's sink or swim at this point. It's really sink or swim. You know, the point is sink or swim, you have to ask yourself, does the country fall apart if Joe Biden becomes president, or we as citizens have a system in place where those things actually can't happen? You would like to think that there's a checks and balance system where one person or one party cannot rule the day. Now, again, most of you out there know that I'm from Massachusetts, and it's anybody that knows anything about Massachusetts, arguably the most liberal state in the country. It's primarily one-party rule. They have a Republican governor who is what we call a rhino. Most people will call a rhino, Charlie Faker, I mean Baker. Okay, that's fine. Massachusetts seems to do well when they have Republican governors, but 95% of the state legislature is Democrat. How do things get done? Things are given away. License for, licenses for illegals. Insurance for illegals. Voter rights for illegals. Mail-in voting. Now, I'm not telling you these things are going to all change at one time, but I think we're pushing so much of an agenda from a left-wing standpoint that we're trying to do too much as a people all at once. Conquer gun control, you know, abortion rights, uh, Black Lives Matter, take care of minorities, take care of illegals, make legals legal. You know, that's why here on the unsilent majority, we want the silent majority to become unsilent. We want them to understand. You know, the time is now. It's less than 90 days for a new president of this country. Whether it be Donald Trump is going to be in a new presidency or Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and the left-wing constabulary, for lack of a better term, become the norm of the day. Now, I don't know about you, but that scares me. 
Is it the status quo, or do we start giving away pieces and pieces and pieces of this country? <coughs> Sorry for coughing in your ear, folks. You know, are we going to keep giving away pieces and pieces of this country? Are we going to allow people who are here illegally, having broke the law, are we going to allow them to become citizens? I think that's going to happen under Joe Biden or the left-wing, you know, leaning conspiracy, if you will, if you won't even call it that, or the agenda that the left, left wants to have us put forth. What I don't want to see happen is this to be country to become a place of, remember the greatest generation, and remember, 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 Remember when that was, how many times do you do, do that and say that to yourself? Remember when, remember when you used to have to dial the, you know, you had to dial a phone. Remember when you actually walked somewhere. Remember when you had to go to a library. Remember when you had to research something to get an answer. I was reading an article yesterday by a 26-year-old grad student on Facebook, and I'll tell you, she hit the nail on the head, and kudos to her. It was fantastic. I have to give her all the props in the world. She was right on the button. Very intelligent girl. What she was writing is her generation, the millennials of, of today, have no idea what it's like to live in a situation or in an era where you had three TV stations, or you were the antenna, and I know most people out there might be laughing to themselves, but I used to be the rabbit is, quote unquote, when I lived, when I because I'm the youngest of six, so I would stand there and hold the antenna while my dad caught the news, because if I moved, the picture wasn't that good, so I'd stand there and hold the antenna until the newscast was over. Sometimes it was 10 minutes, sometimes it was a half hour. I, I know that sounds silly, but that's what it was. These people have no idea what that's about. For example, you turn on a computer, you get instant information. You reach in your pocket, you have a phone. No matter where you are in the world, you can get somewhere. What happened to the days of someone reading a map to find something? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We have been ushered into an age of convenience. Now, I'm not saying technology is bad, and I'm not saying it's going to change. For anything other than the good. I, I hope and pray that it does. But if we start giving away pieces of this country, what is the technology going to be worth? What is it going to be for? It's going to be for naught, because think about it. If you can have a conversation with someone at nauseam, like I'm doing right now with you, and I'm sure you're nauseous listening to me, and you can speak to someone from anywhere in the world and see their face. What is the point of teaching the things that we need, the basic fundamentals of learning in school? Now, you're saying, what does that have to do with Joe Biden? Because I think we're going to take a step backwards. And the, the country or the government, not the country, the government is going to start controlling everything. And it's going to control when you can use your cell phone, if you're even allowed to have cell phone, when you can shop, when you can't shop, where you can shop, what you can shop for. Now you have those freedoms. And we, we take for granted 
the freedoms that we have. For example, in where I live in my complex down here in Florida, something simple, something simple. I went to brush my teeth this morning, and I went to turn on the water. And I took for granted the fact that the water was going to come on. It's not the greatest water, but it's water. And why I mention that is the, all these freedoms that we have here in this country and in this continent are going to start going away because people are going to be pushing an agenda that doesn't coincide with the dynamic of the country. Like I had mentioned, I had mentioned Canada earlier in the podcast. How does Canada do it? Granted, I know they're, you know, one-tenth the size and all of that, but you know what? Think about it. They have the medical system that they have, and it's not as bad as people think it is. Yes, you have to wait a little long time to have a hip replacement, but if your heart's not going to work, they're not going to say, put Joe in the corner and we'll see you in three weeks before, you know, call me when he's dying. It doesn't work like that. But I'll tell you, the way they want to push it here, everybody gets health care and nobody's paying for it. Well, what do you think is going to happen? What type of doctors do you think you're going to get? I understand doctors make money and all those things, and you're probably saying, look, he's on a tangent about this, that, and the other thing. But these things are going to change. But, you know, George Soros, Bill Gates, left-wing nonsense, Bernie Sanders, and, again, Joe Biden as president. These things are going to change. People like AOC who are going, you know, Ocasio-Cortez are going to have a major say in our government going forward if Joe Biden is president. I don't know about you, but that scares me. I have nothing against her. I don't think she's very intelligent. Supposedly, she went to BU. That doesn't say much for BU, I guess. But, you know, this girl was a, or this woman, young woman, was a bartender, then becomes a congresswoman. I'm sorry, but there's got to be a little bit more... uh, you know, working experience to do that. Now, from Massachusetts, we have, you know, one of the so-called, you know, aristocrats of American society, one of the Kennedys running for Senate. Really? Really, Joe Kennedy? Who are you lying to? You have no idea what it's like to be one of the people. Tell me what it's like to put change together in your pocket to buy a coffee, then we'll talk. Not tell the, you know, tell the, the doorman to go but make your coffee or go buy you some coffee. Or matter of fact, let's go buy the coffee shop. These people have no idea what it's like to struggle. They have no idea what it's like not to be without things. That's why that article that that young woman wrote was perfect. She's right in the money. My daughter has no idea. She's going to be 24 in December. She has no idea what it's like to actually dial a telephone. When she was little, I wish I saved them I, I, I really regret that I didn't, but I used to write her a letter once a week, and she used to have to write me a letter twice a month. So every other week she would write me a letter. And my father thought it was remarkable. My mother thought it was silly. I mean, not my mother, my mother-in-law. She knows who she is. That's neither here nor there. She thought that was silly. Now, granted, my child was young, and it was, you know, not the greatest, but it made her give an effort and write me a letter. And I didn't write with big words. Sometimes I try to use big words on here, so I wasn't going to try to confuse a child. But the point was getting her to have use her interpersonal skills and skills of writing. You know, that to me was a skill that she needed to learn. 
Because if, you know, all of the things that I've done and not done in my life, I certainly can write a letter. I certainly can hold a conversation. I take pride in the fact that I can walk into a room of CEOs and BS my way through, and I can walk into a room of people in the hood and BS my way through. I take pride in that for the simple fact that that's called survival skills. And most people that I associate with have the same type of skill set. You need it to do law enforcement, which I you know, had done for quite a long time, almost 25 years. You need those skills. You need to be able to balance you know, all of those things. But we're going to lose the ability to do those things. We don't have a group of people in the millennials right now that are able to stand on their own two feet, get knocked down and understand what it's like to, okay, I'm dirty, get right back up. Now, I'm not saying I'm God's gift to all those things, but, you know, if anyone knows my story, they'll know and they'll tell you that I've taken my share of blows. But why I mention that? Why do I bring that into the conversation? Because no one's going to have to be knocked down and get back up. Everything, everybody's going to be handed everything. I have a relative, and now she, I said she, they shall remain nameless, who to me is what's wrong with this country. Fully capable of working, bright when they want to be bright. And you're saying, what does that mean? Well, uh, willfully unintelligent when they want to be. Willfully in the sense that they just don't want to do anything. And had a good career, threw it away. I mean, I'm guilty of that myself, so I'm not in judgment of that. I'm just saying you make something of yourself despite all the problems you have. And the point I'm making is sucking off the system. That's what that person does. Now, I have no sympathy for that. I don't. Because you, I, and the taxpayers are paying for it. That's, that's going to change under Joe Biden. You know how many people are going to be, be like that? It's going to be the norm. As I said earlier in the podcast, if John F. Kennedy were running today, he would be a Republican. Again, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That's not the way they're looking at it today, folks. The Democratic Party is ask what your country can do for you. Ask what they're going to give me, give me, give me. And that's going to change if Joe Biden becomes president. Like I said, it's less than 90 days. You have to make a decision. Is this the guy I want in office? The Bernie Sanders types, George Soros, Bill Gates. Do you want these people running the country? I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. And you think race relations are going to be any better? You think relations with other countries are going to be better? You're fooling yourself. Again, a bully came into town and they do, knew nothing about how to handle it. They just didn't know what to do. And now they're trying everything and anything to get them out. But if you're going to get them out, let's do it on the up and up. We're coming to the end on this thir Thursday, on the 6th of August again, folks, and trying desperately to keep positive what's coming up. But how we keep positive is this. We get out. We become the unsilent majority. Yes, you can be proud of who you support. If you support Joe Biden, that's your right. I I don't agree with you, but that's all right. But start speaking up, folks. Let, letting other people know that change has to come. Let's, I don't, we're not going to say make America great again, but let's make this country what it can be. Let's give it its fullest potential. 
again, we were motoring right along until this pandemic. And if you think things weren't changed for reasons, then rethink it. Because a lot of things have gone on that I thought would never happen have happened. Like I said, we're coming to the end. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Reach out. Give us some feedback. Reach out if you want to get on the air and talk and pinpoint all the things that I've said wrong, that you feel that I've said wrong, please do so. Again, it's 617-233-6543. Again, that's 617-233-6543. Or email me at coachesquips at gmail.com. Coachesquips at gmail.com. Again, enjoy the weekend, folks. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you very much.